upgrades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Raise, raise. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. Golden Knights have a 2-1 series lead, and now it's time for Professor Grainy to hand out some grades. Um, the first one, Ed, is actually a voicemail from our voicemail king, Mike. We finally got his name, but here is Mike's voicemail okay. from yesterday. Where the bleep is Max Pacioretty? I don't want to play with bleeping players who aren't worth it. If I'm Kirill Kaprizov, I want to play with bleeping good players. Okay, bye. <laughs> so what's your grade for Mike's voicemail? A plus plus pass. A plus plus pass. That kid was quoting the Capri shop bleeps. That's I, right. I, how can't I give that kid? How can't I give that kid an A plus? Good for him. He also raised a very important question. Where, Where the bleep Max is Max Pacioretty? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, well, he's day to day. Is he in Minnesota? <laughs> Pete, I don't... I don't think he is. I'm going to say he's not. And here's the thing. If he's oh not, let's say he's not, and they won last night, I wouldn't expect him to roll in for Saturday after they won last night. So Pete DeBoer did not confirm or deny if Max Pacioretty traveled with the team to Minnesota, but called him a game-time decision. Yes. Like, the only way he's a game-time de- decision is, is if he's actually there, right? Yeah. I mean, look, it's... <laughs> It's gotten like kind of like comical now. I mean, it's just they know exactly what it is. Um, DeBoer last week, I don't want to, I'm not lying to you. It's like, well, then why would you say that? Day to day, game time decision. He obviously has something. No one knows what it is. Uh, it's almost because people have gone back, obviously, and really looked at the tape of the shifts in terms of trying to figure something out. I'm just going to completely guess. I have no clue what this is. I'm going to preface it with that. But doesn't doesn't this kind of trend towards what Leonard had with the concussion because it's just taking so long? Right, like it, we don't know what it is, and it's it. No, they, no idea. They seem to be like, oh, it's not a big deal, but maybe it is a big deal. I know Bill Foley said somewhere, oh, I can't remember who he was talking to, but he did say somewhere that the Patrick injury was worse than they expected, which is kind of obvious since on May 3rd, Max Pacioretty was day-to-day in a game-time decision, and it's May 21st, and we still haven't seen Max Pacioretty since then. So, obviously, it was worse than they expected. But, I, I, I mean, it's a fair question. Like, when will we see Max Pacioretty again? Like, is he is he actually a game-time decision? Because if he's a game-time decision, that implies he's close and should be back in the next few days. Or is that just what the Golden Knights say with every single injury and Max Pacioretty might not play the rest of the postseason? Uh, the funny thing is um, that... Oh, God. What were you saying on Pacioretty? What a disaster. What just happened? I lost there? the train of thought. Move okay. On. Okay. Next topic to grade. You didn't even grade the voicemail. <laughs> no, I did. I did. No, oh, you Tyler, did. what's your grade I'm, on yeah. that? Oh, A+. Plus. Okay. A+. Yeah. Plus. If, Guys, if we have the same grade, Ed, I don't need to okay, give it. Fine, it's the same fine, grade. Fine. Um, N slash A. Although, technically, what did a, uh, Ed give? A++++ plus 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 pass? Two pluses, yes. one pass. Okay, so yeah, it wasn't technically the same grade. Pass. All right, next topic is replay review for offsides. 
Well, I know what the Golden Knights will say. Um, I'm going to say A. A. Because they have someone who's watching that video, and Pete DeBoer called him out last night uh, and gave him credit. And that's it. We talked about last or earlier in the show. That's a huge goal to come off the board. They might have still had the great second and third period. They might have still won the game. But I think three is an enormous deal or difference from two after one period, especially a place you never win at. I think that's a big number to chase, and maybe it causes Minnesota to play a little differently in spots. So I'm going to give it an A for the video guy at the Golden Knights who actually realized what had happened and looked at it and made them look at it. So I am giving this an A+. A+. Because this was one of the quickest reviews I've ever seen in sports that they actually, the referees actually like made the decision like before AT&T Sportsnet had shown a replay of the offside. Like they declared it offside. And then we saw the replay showing that it was in fact offside. Now there was a very good camera angle that made it very clear, but that was probably the quickest review of any play I've ever seen in sports. And if we could have reviews that quick, nobody would ever complain about replay again because it'd just be in and out. No problem about it. So an A-plus for that one because that was quick. A-plus. And that's what we should be striving for. Next topic, the Golden Knights power play. D-minus, not a fail. (laughs) D-minus. I don't think Jared Uh, could do not a fail. I don't think he could do not a fail. Um, (laughs) Okay, so I think they were 0 for 4. I On one of them, though, the only reason I can't go with F, I think it's their last one where they had 67 shots and they still didn't score. So that was actually a really good power play. If I want to say it was the last one, I think it was the fourth one. But at the end of the day, at some point you have to score. Yes, that would be helpful on a power play. So yeah. last night, the Golden Knights had 10 minutes on the power play. The Minnesota Wild had four. Uh, that is quite the large discrepancy in a playoff game. Like you remember the referee that that had to retire early was talking about wanting to get a penalty on a certain team. And then we had this whole debate about referees and managing games. And people were arguing that referees needed to manage games so that one team didn't have such a big advantage. That's what happened last night. The golden Knights had a massive power play advantage. They had 10 minutes on the power play to the Minnesota wilds four and they didn't score. And that's sort of a, a problem if you're the Golden Knights. And if you look at like the actual numbers here, the Golden Knights had a lot of shots on their power play. They had 24 shots, 13 of them on goal in those 10 minutes. They only produced three high danger chances in those 10 minutes on the power play. And I think all of them were in the one power play. <laughs> yes. And like it wasn't good enough. Like that's not good enough. And the Golden Knights obviously they they ran away with it and won that game five to two. But it was three to two at one point in the third period. And if they end up giving up a goal and that goes to overtime or they lose in regulation or something, we're looking back and blaming the power play. We're looking back and saying you had five opportunities to put this game away on the power play and couldn't do it. And they were it's not even like they were truly dangerous on them either. It's not like, oh, there were some great saves or the puck just didn't bounce their way. They didn't create enough. And so like they play game four. If it flips and Minnesota has 10 minutes on the power play and Vegas only has two, that might be the reason they lose a game. And it was almost right. the reason they lost the game is not cashing in there. So they well, won. Just let me tell you, I was here live and the fans, not fans I, of well, those refs. Like I wouldn't have been either. I mean, regardless of whether it's fair or not, if I'm a right. fan and it's, it's 10 to four on the minutes on the yeah. power play, 
I'm mad too. All right, next topic is Alex Petrangelo saving the crease. D. What? D. Well, here's the thing. Right place, right time, but he didn't play well at all. So I can't give him a passing grade because he wasn't very good. He really wasn't good in the first period. But, yeah, he had some moments in the first period like, yeah, here we go with $8 million a year, whatever it was. So right place, right time, swept it off, uh, you know, a little, little sweep. Um, I can't give him a passing grade. I didn't think he was very good last night. All right, so I actually agree with your points there, but I'm going to grade this properly. Uh, his save gets an A+. Plus. <laughs> a+. Plus. Because it was it was probably a better save than either goalie actually made in the game. The puck was on the goal line, and Alex yeah, Petrangelo right swept right it. I mean, yes, that's sort of a good thing in sports. We he give credit to people. Yes, well, that's, that's normally a good thing. So... Like the save itself was was phenomenal, and it was it was a massive play for the Golden Knights. And Alex Petrangelo actually did something we can point to and say, "Hey, that was good." But you are right; he wasn't good in that game. Like even though the Golden Knights dominated the second and third periods, Alex Petrangelo's Corsi was thirty one percent. His expected goals was fifteen percent last night. That's Not good. That's horrible. Like that's yeah. horrifically bad. So. I'll agree with you there, and I'll give him an F for the rest of the game. F. 15% expected goals is brutal, and especially for the guy you're paying $8.8 million. All right. Next topic is Mark Stone. This is a tough one, but I'm going to say B. So B. Someone had to break someone had to break it in the streak. Someone had to score the first goal. Someone had to you know, not allow them to just continue playing as they were and, and perhaps lose that game 3-1 or whatever it was going to be. So his first goal, obviously, was enormous. The last one, eh. I mean, yeah, obviously, that to finish off. Eh. Uh, I Again, here's a guy who... Now, I, oh, guess, I guess I should go B-plus because I think the Wild has, have obviously plus. for three games just looked at him and said, that guy's not beating us, even though he beat him on the goal. Um, so they've done a good job against him. But again, I, I don't think he's been great, but it was obviously a huge, huge goal in the moment. Mark Stone gets a C. Ooh. C. He scored the first goal of the game, important goal of the game. Um, he also had the the uh, empty netter from, like, the end of the earth. But uh, a massive goal, and that's why he didn't get an F. Because like Alex Petrangelo, Mark Stone's, like, his actual analytics in that game were terrible. When he was on the ice... The Golden Knights had three total shots on goal at five on five. Three in an entire game with Mark Stone on the ice. Their Corsi in that game with Mark Stone was 30%. You cannot have, they cannot win games where Mark Stone is that bad. Where Mark Stone, when he's on the ice, the Golden Knights have to be the better team. And that wasn't the case last night. And it wasn't close. Like, it's not like it was all, it was 50-50. They were bad with Mark Stone on the ice. They only had three three shots on goal in his five-on-five minutes. Now, they scored on one of them. He scored on one of them, and that's why it's not an F. But they've got to be better when Mark Stone's on the ice. That's their only chance at winning a Stanley Cup is Mark Stone being dominant. Mark Stone's line being the best line in the game. And that wasn't the case last night. So I can't. you can't get... He scored, and that's obviously the most important thing in the sport, but... Looking forward, trying to project to the future, Stone's got to be better. All right, next topic is Mark andre Fleury. I'm going to give him a B-plus. Wow. B-plus. Because I don't think either goal was his fault. Uh, he got, But he got – I'm trying to remember the, the offsides one in, in terms of uh, who I thought that was on. I don't think the first two were on him. 
so he gets the win, uh, goes out of the, you know, shuts him out the next two periods, even though I think they had two shots, um, <laughs> those entire two periods. So he was kind of sitting back there doing nothing. Uh, but B plus, because as much as I said, right place, right time, B he needs to to clear that puck. So I can't give him an A. Yeah. I'm going to give him an incomplete. Ooh. Incomplete. He faced 16 shots. Like uh, sixteen yeah. shots like over the course of, of the game. End. Yeah, he's. I mean, he saved fourteen of them, and like you said, it's not like they were his fault. But yeah, right. you can still make a good save every now and then. So, like, it, it's it's not like Mark Andre Fleury. They didn't ask him to do much. It wasn't like games one or games two where they really needed Mark Andre Fleury to make a massive save. Even in that first period where Minnesota was the better team, it was still only seven shots on goal. Like, it's not like Fleury had to save a bunch of shots in that first period. They the Wild missed some chances they missed the net on some chances there so flurry didn't have to do a whole lot in that game so i can't i don't know i don't really have a grade for him because it, like and like you said petrangelo had to save one off the line to keep it from giving up a third so it's an incomplete for me on mark andre flurry um, incomplete last topic Braden mcnapp a plus plus a plus plus I thought that guy was Solid. really good. He was on there. He was one of those guys last night who I thought played really well and no one talked about. Maybe because, again, the Wild didn't have any shots last two periods and the whole rebounding or rallying from the Knights. But I thought that guy played really well and no one after the no one after the game asked about him. Uh, he wasn't made available, which kind of made sense. I mean, you know, in terms of who was made available. But I thought he was, if not their best player, one of their best players. Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore combined last night. They had an insane expected goals rate of 82%. When they were on the ice, the goals were expected to go in the Golden Knights' favor 82% of the time. And they played big minutes against the Minnesota Wild top line with Joel Erickson Eck. And they played over four minutes against the uh, Kaprizov line and outshot Kaprizov 6-2 when they were on the ice. They were dominant when Theodore and McNabb were on the ice, and it didn't matter who Minnesota put out there. That's the key to really Shea Theodore's next step because normally they're sort of avoided him with the toughest matchups. He dominates second and third lines across the NHL, but he normally doesn't play against the top lines. So for McNabb and Theodore to be that good against anybody Minnesota put out there is pretty phenomenal and a good sign for Theodore's sort of next step as a as a elite NHL defenseman. So a plus for McNabb, A plus for Shea Theodore. A plus. That's about as good plus. as it gets from them. Um, by the uh, way, really update. before yeah, we go, go right before we go to break, I want to ask you because Marcus Johansson broke his arm on the slide into Flurry. Was it a was it a missed call on on Carlson? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Carlson gets his stick into his skate. Maybe the puck, I thought he got his stick into it. Yeah, it, it probably should have been a tripping call there that put, put Johansson into the post or into Flurry. I'm so, he broke his arm. That is he broke his arm. Man, did he hit his arm straight into the post? I, Is that what happened? I don't know. I Boy, they've got padding on and everything. Yeah. It's just like he slid into the post. I'm shocked he broke his arm. Look, I agree with you. I think they missed the call. Someone on Twitter said maybe he had stepped on the puck. I didn't really see that. But if you're telling me when he went off, I thought, I would have never guessed he broke his arm on that. It looked like he just kind of slid it. Because when you slide into the post, it kind of gives away. Yeah. It's not like it completely stops you and you are like knock into it. So that, I mean, it sucks for him. That's off. That's horrible, but... That's I couldn't believe that when Dave just tweeted that that he broke his arm. I'm like, wow, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, that seems like a much harsher injury than you would have expected yeah. from that. Because I mean, guys go into the net on a fairly right, regular all basis. The time. Yeah, and yeah. So I don't know, breaking your arm on that's pretty brutal. All right, coming up next, Bischoff's Reese will look at what UNLV should do with their last two scholarship spots. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? 
tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm asking you if you know the difference between right and wrong. I discovered at a very early age that if I talk long enough, I could make anything right or wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. So either I'm God or truth is relative. Bischoff's Briefs. And in either case, booyah. Bischoff's Briefs. So this could this has the potential to be really fun because Pete DeBoer's uh, press conference today yeah, it could start at any moment. And when that does, Ed's going to leave us. So, Ed, at any point, if you see the, the press conference is about to start, just jump on and say I'm leaving. Well, you can interrupt me no matter what. And uh, I, I we'll don't think that. I'll jump on. I just think I'll mute myself and you'll never hear from me again like <laughs> usual. Well, we expect that anyways. We won't know if it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. a press. We won't know if you left for the press conference or if you just Or that I just muted yeah. myself and I'm screaming, Tyler? Yeah, Tyler? No. We won't know. So today's Bischoff's Reese is looking at UNLV basketball, who now has two scholarship opens with Nick Blake and UNLV mutually parting ways. Uh, I'm basically going to lay out what I think they should try to do with them because they're in a they're in a good spot. The roster looks decent in terms of at least like bodies. They have three guys that could be sort of a true point guard in Jordan McCabe, Marvin Coleman, and Kashawn Gilbert. They also have four guys that you would consider like off-ball guards or wings in Michael Nuga, Justin Webster, Josh Baker, and Donovan Williams. They have three guys that are power forwards in Victor Ewalker, Royce Ham, and Reese Brown. And they have one true center in David Muwaka. Those are the 11 scholarship guys. They've got bodies everywhere. They don't really have a position that is like a true need because they don't have somebody that can play there. They've got guys you can sort of project as a starter and guys that come off the bench at every position. Obviously, we don't know much about most of these guys, who's actually going to be any good, who's actually going to be the ones that start and play, that we don't know, but you can put together a starting lineup there and not really have a true hole. So it means UNLV with their last two scholarships can sort of go after best player available. To me, anytime you have that opportunity, the type of player that I think you should want, the one that I think can change games the most at the college level is sort of the playmaking power forward. The guy that's 6'8 or 6'9 that can defend in the post on defense and can be an offensive threat shooting from three and going off the dribble, right? The playmaker at that position is the type of player that can make the biggest difference, can have the most value in college basketball. Uh, So that's the type of player that I think you should always be looking for, but especially when you don't have any other significant holes. Outside of that, they can always use somebody that can create offense off the dribble, right? A guard that can take the ball screen, get to the paint, and score or pass. They have a couple of guys that might be able to do that, but you always want more. And losing Nick Blake means you lose a guy that was potentially going to do that for you next season. So those are sort of the ideal types of players that I think this UNLV team can use. Um, But the problem is, is that it's May 21st. And the player pool is much smaller. You're not exactly picking from the best transfers, the best freshmen, the best recruits that are out there. You're going to have to be much more uh, picky because there's not as many options out there. So you're probably going to get guys that are more one-dimensional, right? You're probably going to have, there might be a power forward that can shoot, but can't really do much off the dribble. You'd probably take that type of player, right? If you can get a guy that can shoot and defend from the power forward position, that's going to carry some value. And honestly, really, just anyone that can shoot 
Because you look at the roster, and with Nick Blake on, there's really only three guys that probably project as solid shooters. Michael Nuga, Josh Baker, and Justin Webster. Maybe Jordan McCabe or Marvin Coleman can be a decent shooter. Maybe Donovan Williams, who didn't shoot very well at Texas, but didn't shoot a lot at Texas either. Maybe those guys can be average three-point shooters. But right now, they still don't have a lot of shooting. They only really have three guys. So that's what I think they ultimately end up looking at is guys that can shoot and guys that are more one-dimensional than guys that actually are going to be true overall difference makers. Now, the last point I want to make on this is one thing I think they should do, and that is leave a scholarship open. And Utah State is the best example of this because Utah State, when Craig Smith took over, they signed Nemesh Kada in August before his freshman season. And then Kada went on to be, I mean, over the last three years, him, Michael Flynn, and what, Sam Merrill were probably the three, or Malachi Flynn, were probably the three most important players in the conference over the last three years. And the way Utah State got Kada is he was out of Portugal and his academic eligibility was a big question mark. So not a lot of teams recruited him and he wasn't actually academically eligible until August and Utah State had a spot open and they snagged him and he was phenomenal. So I think the roster's in a pretty good spot that you can leave one of those scholarships open and kind of hope that a player slips through the cracks uh, late in the summer or into the fall and you might end up with a guy you never would have gotten otherwise. Because at this point, like if you take a transfer that isn't going to play or might not even be able to beat out the guys you have on the roster. It's kind of pointless, right? There's no point taking a transfer that you know is not going to play. And if you look at the freshman class, the recruiting class, most guys are already committed somewhere. Like you're not getting a really true difference maker. You'd have to find like a real like diamond in the rough for a freshman to have any sort of impact, not just this year, but into the future, because most guys are already committed and already going somewhere. So with two scholarships left and the roster in a decent spot, I think they'd be smart to sit and wait and then maybe somebody falls to you and all of a sudden you have a difference maker that nobody else could offer because they were full up on scholarships in August and you had an open spot. So that's a million percent correct on leaving one open. Utah State has done it. San Diego State does it every year. I've talked to their coaches. They like, unless it is an absolute complete difference maker, we're holding one open because you never know, especially in the year of the, you know, the, the era of the transfers and the portal. You never know who's going to be, whether it's disgruntled or leave a program. You should always leave one open. And I think especially at, at the Mountain West level, always have one. Because usually sometimes you can get a P5 kid to come down. That happens a lot. Kevin Kruger has some of those in this recent class and all of his signings. I would always leave one open. Let me ask you this. Um, they, I mean, they have two left. We've talked about it over and over and over. I just, I think, I, I think why you and I refresh every day in the computer to see what Bryce Hamilton's doing. If they can get Bryce Hamilton for one, then I leave the other one open. I don't even think about it, and I wait to see who might bounce. Yeah, because I, like you look at the types of players that are out there. Bryce Hamilton might be one of the best guys that's still left out there, still or at around. least, or yeah. at least best guys that UNLV has a chance to get. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, if, if Hamilton comes back, he's probably the biggest difference maker you could actually get in the transfer portal right now. Uh, granted, he doesn't really help fix their shooting problems because he's not a great shooter, but you know what Bryce Hamble can can do at this level, and right. you hope the other four guys that are on the floor with them are better defenders than they had right. last year, and maybe you can kind of hide what he does yeah. defensively a lot better. So absolutely, but that's but I think that's sort of the problem with having open scholarships now is Hamilton's the best you can do. Like, you can't really upgrade on Bryce Hamilton this late in the process unless 
it's you hold one open and somebody falls through or something sort of dramatic happens, which right. they can do right. both. They can bring back Hamilton and leave one open, and maybe they find a star player in the future or somebody that makes a difference. All right, coming up next, Cassie Soto joins the show. It's the only thing in her life she could call an engagement. Raiders.com's Cassie Soto joins the press box for her weekly hit. Hello, Cassie. How are you this morning? Love Steve, apparently. Yeah, well, when you don't get engaged for a decade, it kind of does, doesn't it? You know what's so funny? We met one of his cousin's new boyfriend yesterday. And they were like, oh, how long have you guys been together? And we said nine years. And his eyes were like, what? And then I think he put <laughs> my hand for a ring. And I was like, yeah, it's not there. So they're going to get what? engaged before you? Oh, yeah. She's already planning the wedding. They've been dating since uh, December. Well, you've been planning the wedding, too. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, the, the, more, well, the more I have planned, the, the less the less time it'll take on the back end, right? There's not going to be a back end. It's not going to happen. All right. Well, right. it could it could Hello. it could Happy happen because Bronco. What do you want to talk about besides me? Bronco, Mama, and Carlos goes to way too many Vegas Golden Knights games. Obviously, they're doing very well financially. Those tickets are outrageous. <laughs> uh, but Pete DeBoer was asked the other day about all the in-house um, engagements, and he said, "Well, you know, after the pandemic, things are going to speed up in these situations. Why aren't you taking the boyfriend to like every Golden Knights game you can?" Yeah, I, well, my parents go. They don't offer us the tickets. They go instead. So They're already married. That's true. So they don't need to go? <laughs> my dad my will uh, renew his vows. Well, they already renewed their vows. They'll just renew their vows every time they go to oh, the game or something. Just to spite me. Uh, they should do that. That would be good. I would enjoy that. If the rest <laughs> of your family just started getting in on this. <laughs> Just your your sisters can have like fake engagements at Golden Knights games. They don't even have to be real. Oh my! Yes. This the thirteen year old. Yes. Oh, oh. great. It'd be what if the thirteen year old grows up and is married before you? The thirteen year old. Oh. What if she kind of like gets engaged at eighteen and you're still hanging out I, with the with with the non ring? How beautiful would that be? Put it at like what, that's a little minus that's a little young still. I can't imagine her. I don't know. I think we'd have some more more guys. Serious thing to talk about if my sister's getting engaged at 18. Well, yeah. you would have, but he didn't ask. Yeah, it's only five years yeah. away, Cassie. What are you worried about? What are you worried about over there? Um, this is the yeah. sister you threw against the wall, right? For the little one? Yeah. For what? What do you mean? Didn't you tell yes, us some story that you story were, you were you when she her. was younger, you guys threw her against the wall? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's okay. the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What, you it forgot? You forgot which sister you were throwing against the wall? There's just so many. (laughs) Yeah, that was an accident. The wall, and then the same time we fell off the scooter. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was real bad. And if you would like to help Cassie's little sister, you can donate to the Children's Heart Foundation. Um, By the way, how did that go for you guys? Is that done? Did you guys get enough money? Today's the last day because the walk's tomorrow. I think we're at 970. So we're right there nice. at a thousand, which would be awesome if we could break it. So yeah, I have the link on my Twitter page at underscore Cassie Soto. Um, the Heart Walk is tomorrow, so if anyone wants to get some walking in, actually, it's a I think it's a five k walk at Craig Ranch Regional Park, and so a lot of the Heart kids will be there, um, and they do like a dance warm up with them and give out prizes. Um, 
And, yeah, it's really cool to see all the kids come together. Everyone, all the kids who are wearing a red T-shirt tomorrow will be the heart kids, so you can see them. And they're all just so happy to all be together um, because they haven't been in a year now. Are you walking or are you going for mimosas at 930 in the morning tomorrow? Don't worry about what I'm doing. <laughs> worry about the kids. Are there going to be mimosas at the walk? <laughs> Ooh, I'll come. <laughs> Maybe after. Maybe after. <laughs> I was thinking of taking Archie, so if anybody goes, you can meet Archie. All right, I'm oh, out. no. Oh, God. <laughs> not, not champ, though. No. Not champ. Oh. No, just wow. Archie. Now you're just now you're just completely like admitting it. Like we first gave you a hard time that you didn't love the other dog. You're like, no, no, we do. Now you just admit when you go out. I don't even take the other one. So I tried to take them to the dog park. I live really close to a dog park. Um, Champ has actually been attacked by three dogs bigger than him, so he's not good with big dogs. So I take him to the little dog park, and Archie and Champ were the only ones in there. But then like some poodle group came in that were clearly regulars, and they like picked their <laughs> off the ground when they saw Champ and were just like, I had just, like, murdered their family. Like, so upset with me that I had Champ in the small dog area. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, like, I get it. Like, he's totally fine. Archie's his little brother. Like, Archie punks Champ. Like, Champ won't do anything to small dogs. Um, He's fine. And their dogs were actually the ones being aggressive to Champ and chasing him around. And I'm just like, dude, we still have a stigma about dogs? Like, come on, guys. He's mm. a chocolate lab. Like, he's one of, like, I think America's dog. Like, come on. All right, I need more details Jam- on Champ's this. lost all his confidence because you yeah. don't take him anywhere. Right, he has true. no confidence this that camp. That is true. It's your fault, Cassie. I need more details on this poodle group. Uh, did the owners look like their dogs? Yes. <laughs> two of them. <laughs> two of them. And I was just, I, I saw them coming in the gate, and I saw Champ, like, go up to the gate, and I was like, here we go. Here it is. And, yeah, sure enough, they were just like, oh, my, he's awfully big. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's one of it. Um, I have to imagine these were miniature poodles since they wanted to go to the small uh, dog Yeah, they area. were, like, little, I don't even know, just, like, old lady dogs. Yeah, okay. I just, yeah. Maybe maybe you should uh, give Champ a better life and not confine him to the dog pen with small dogs, and maybe more people would love him. Well, and then funny enough, like a German Shepherd came up to the gate and just like looked at Champ, and they had a barking fit. So I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Oh boy, how would you grade yourself as a dog mother? With Champ, like a two. <laughs> with Archie, a solid ten. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You, you, you completely accept it now, this poor dog. It's embarrassing a, at this point. Champ is the best indoor dog. Like, Champ does better indoors oh. than Archie. My goodness. Outside, it's it's a mess. Like, I have to brace myself. Of like, okay, what could possibly go wrong? Like, if I see another big dog on the other side of the street, I have to cross cross the other way because I don't even want the drama with Champ and that dog. It's bad. It's real bad. I mean, and then Archie, I'd be a good indoor dog, too, if someone kept me in a closet the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> He's had many a chances, and it's just not, it's not been good. Oh, I think because I got him, I got him right when I started college. So, like, I didn't have the money or the time to train him the way we trained Archie. So, Archie's, like, what I wanted in champ. But now oh, I have Archie too. <laughs> wow, the disappointed parents. Wow, this is brutal yeah. for Champ. You know, with, the first, with the first, the first one's always kind of messed up. I mean, look at me. I'm the firstborn. You know. Yeah, but you're your, living the life. Are your parents out there saying your sisters are what they hoped you would be? 
Nah. <laughs> I don't think Be so. Be honest. I think I I'm saw that you. Cool. Uh, I think I've done pretty well for myself. I saw that you. Uh, you're living in the past, of course. Posting the prom pictures the other day. Get with the present. Nobody would. You're, you're, yeah. How, how is that the highlight of the relationship? Posting the prom <laughs> pictures. Well, it was a oh, decade yeah. ago, so you know. <laughs> I was like, we could use these as like our engagement pictures. That's oh, yeah, obviously way too long. I, we don't look like that anymore. Oh, wait. Engagement oh, pictures. Cass. Yeah. Gee. My God. They I, were I, so cute. They were such good pictures. Man, prom night Cassie was like, I'm going to be engaged within the year. I'm yeah, exactly. ready to be a wife. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, do you have an update for us on your toilet seat cover uh, adventures? No update. Oh, man. You got you to gotta get on that with Mark Davis. Next time I go to Allegiant Stadium, I'll let y'all know. Do you know? Do the do they have toilet seat covers at Aces games? Uh, well, at the at the Mandalay, yeah, I think they do. Okay, I just want you to go to every she, facility that Mark Davis owns and tell him they don't have toilet seat covers. She's our senior toilet <laughs> correspondent. <laughs> Cassie Not Soto. engaged toilet seat cover connoisseur. Very lonely woman that goes that we send to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay, the Thomas and Matt has toilet seat covers. That's like this has to be the standard. No, they, uh, they don't do anything. That's Jared, what they spent all that I money on the renovation thing. for. Uh, Wait, Cassie, you yeah. mad at Jared? Yeah, he's telling me they don't do anything, and I don't want to hear that. They do. They, they give don't. me peace of mind yeah. when he's... my cheeks are sitting where someone else's were. They're actually more likely to spread germs. Peace of mind, Jared. Peace of mind. I don't want to hear it. It's all about the mind, not what's actually happening. You, you got pretty famous on Twitter. You got pretty famous on Twitter for this whole thing, I think. Yeah, I did, but uh, we'll, we'll keep that under wraps, Ed. We'll see what comes of it. Okay. Wow! Wow! wow. Secrecy from Cassie Soto Jeez. about toilets from Raiders. dot com inside Just team secrets. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. What? You, well, you're talking less than John Gruden these days, man. You know, surprised you know, we got you on. We'll leave these bubble butts alone for the, for the day, okay? Oh boy. oh, boy. All right. Get wow. out of here, Uh-oh. Cassie. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Cassie. See ya. Thanks, guys. See ya. Oh, wow. Secrecy. I was... She caught me off. She's keeping secrets yeah. now at Raiders.com. Yeah, she said, no, Ed, you will not hear that story today. Nobody will I mean, hear that by story the, today. By the way, she's, she's hiding something that was publicly on Twitter, so that doesn't make any sense either. <laughs> <laughs> How much can you hide that? Peace of mind, just like the toilet seat covers, Ed. It makes her feel yeah. better. Just let her do it. Yeah. Don't yell at her like Jared does. All right, coming up next, I think we we might have a bet with Stephen from Australia because our Western Sydney Wanderers play Sydney FC again this weekend. I'll see you guys on Monday. Stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Watch the A-League. Replay. Just watch it. Trust me. Now, are we again this weekend? I've got a proposal, Tyler. If Sydney managed to beat the Wanderers and end the 850-day streak or whatever it is, I get to pick a topic for you to do Bischoff's Priest on next week. If the Wanderers win, uh, you know, I'll let you decide what happens because I can't think of anything I could do that would be the equivalent of choosing a topic for Bischoff's Priest. So I'll let you suggest the topic. Uh, I'll, I'll, 
I'll let you suggest a bet for me to take on if the Wanderers can beat Sydney FC this weekend. And if it's a draw, then neither of us win. Forza Sydney FC! So we're about to do a segment for our one listener in Australia. Um, <laughs> that was Stephen. He left us a voicemail. By the way, you can leave us a voicemail. 702-720-4678. It was originally supposed to be a complaint line. So the voice, like the voice message when you call it is literally, please leave your complaints. Yeah, you guys are too nice. Um, be meaner. Uh, but 702-720-4678 is the voicemail line. Call in and complain. And we will play those, no doubt about it. If you complain about something, it will get played. Uh, But Stephen left us a voicemail. And yes, this show, we adopted the Western Sydney Wanderers of the Australian A-League solely because Stephen is a listener from Australia and he is a fan of Sydney FC. So we picked their biggest rivals. They play again today. Um, It is 800, as he said, 850-something days since the last time Sydney FC beat Western Sydney. What's funny about that is Sydney FC is normally the best team in this league, while Western Sydney right now wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Um, So if we win, we uh, got a chance to get back into the playoff picture. Put it in a like perspective. It's how the the Rams would always beat the Seahawks, even though Jeff Fisher would like it, it, it's stupid. They right. It's 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 like the Raiders beating the Chiefs last year. Yeah, like but doing it every year for like the last three seasons, basically, where it's like the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl, the Raiders can't make the playoffs, but for some reason the Raiders would always beat the Chiefs. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Um, so Western Sydney Wanderers, they play Saturday at eleven oh five PM against Sydney FC. So Steven wants to bet. And if Sydney wins, he gets to choose a topic for Bischoff's briefs, which I'm a little worried that I'm going to have to spend like three hours looking up whatever random Australian sport he makes me look up. But I'm okay with that because on the flip side, if Western Sydney Wanderers win, I want Steven to have to leave us a voicemail of him singing one of Western Sydney Wanderers chants. Ooh, ooh, all right. This now, is good. Yes. Now, I've got to find a good one because, like, the, the only one I know is, like, a call-in response, which I, I, I guess he could do both yeah. parts of the call-in response, and maybe that's what Take we make him do. Take a little audio editing. Yeah, but maybe that's what we make him do. But that's that's my proposal for I, our I, bet. I, I don't think he, he said he doesn't know what you could do, so I don't think right. he has a choice. I think yeah. the challenge has to be accepted. Right. That, so both both instances, whoever wins, <laughs> content on the show will be produced, whether it's by him singing or by me doing a brief on God knows what he chooses. So there's the, the one thing that I might, there might be a problem, and I don't know, I don't know what the A-League chants are like, but I know that a lot of the, the Premier League chants not arable. Well, okay. The only one I know is just who do you sing for? We sing for wanderers. All right. That's Those not, are that's the only not... words. So, all right. That's not as bad. There as... are no cuss words. Who I... the bleep is bleeping. Listen, we just adopted them a few months ago. Maybe those chants exist. And if they do, I might make Steven sing them and make you bleep them. Uh, that might be more fun. So we'll have to figure out what chant to make him sing. But that is my proposal uh, for our bet with Steven. So Steven, uh, tweet at us. Don't send us another voicemail. Just tweet at us whether or not you accept. That way we see it before the actual game. Okay. Because otherwise, I, I mean, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'd be relying on Jared to listen to a voicemail and let me know. So that's our bet. 
Steven, good luck. You're going to lose again, though, because that's what always happens. Um, I'm going to spend the last few minutes of this show talking about the greatest soccer team in the world, though, called Barnsley FC. Oh, okay. Normally, you say the greatest soccer team in the world, the Las Vegas Lights. No, Lights FC need to steal from Barnsley FC. By the way, Lights play this weekend as well. But Barnsley FC, they are in the championship, which is the second division in England. Yeah. They are playing on Saturday in a playoff promotion. It's the semifinal. Uh, they're down one nothing. They lost the first game of this tie one nothing. So they got to win by two. But Barnsley FC is uh, partially owned by Billy Bean. Barnsley FC have the second lowest uh, payroll is what wage bill is what they say in England. The second lowest wage bill in the championship. And yet they finished with the fifth best record and they're in a playoff promotion game. And they are, in fact, moneyballing <laughs> soccer in England uh, because there have been a couple of stories on this. The Wall Street Journal had one. But basically, Barnsley's entire game plan is whenever they get the ball is to launch it as high in the air and as far forward as possible because all they want to do is put the ball in your box and create chaos. They do not care about actually completing the passes. Like they're not going to try to play it on the ground 15 times to build up to a goal. They just want the ball in your box because basically the premise is the position of the ball is more important than who possesses the ball. Like they would rather you possess the ball in your own box than they possess the ball at midfield. So they just launch it forward. Everything is in the air. And the way they can find cheap players is they don't care about guys that shoot it well or guys that pass it well or dribble it well. They just want players that are really good in the air that can go up and win headers. And they want guys that are good at winning the second ball. Because you put it in the air, it gets headed down. Somebody's got to win the second ball. That's what they value. Billy Bean is in soccer.